and girls. Hallelujah. Well, make your way in from the coffee bar. Let's all stand up and we're going to make our prayer confession over America. Pastor Dave isn't here tonight. He's up at Big Bear. Every year he follows our example and he goes away for a week and hears from the Lord about the church and stuff like that. So he's up there. So praise the Lord. He'll be back Friday. Okay. You ready for this? Okay. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Thanks to Oh, I'm reading the wrong one. Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everybody. Um, so I'm going to be doing the announcements tonight. So... Um, First up, we do have our servant leadership tomorrow night at 7 p.m. So um, if you serve in an area or you're thinking about serving in an area, come on out. Join us at 7 p.m. over there in uh, Victory, the Victory Building. Um, next, we have our Thanksgiving service. Who's going to be here on Sunday? Yeah. Oh, and I just dropped something. Um, so if you have not signed up, for, to bring something for the Thanksgiving service. We do have our sign-up sheet right here. We're going to pass that around. But I was told we still need turkey, ham, and sides. So if you can go and grab a turkey. I heard Stater Brothers has a really good deal on a turkey. Um, I didn't see any ham uh, deals. Cooked and prepped too. Yes, you have to bring it cooked. Huh? 
An aluminum tray, yes. Please take it apart. We only want the meat. We don't want the bones, okay? So if you can get a turkey, a ham, or if you can bring um, an extra side, maybe you already signed up for a side, um, if you could bring an extra side. But So that is this Sunday, uh, November 19th. Um, so please, please come join us, eat with us. And then my favorite event, which is Christmas came early. Yeah, my, oh my goodness. I look forward to this every single year. But that is going to be uh, November 26th at 6 p.m. Um, your entry fee is a dozen cookies per family. So if you're coming and you're a family, bring a dozen cookies. And um, we could wear your, your ugly Christmas sweater. Okay, we love those. And then um, for the gift exchange, just a reminder, if you're in youth group and up to adults, $5 wrap gift, okay? And if you are in children's church, um, I know it does say a dollar, but nothing, like, I mean, some things are a dollar. But if you can find a dollar gift, go for it. But if it's a dollar twenty-five, you're good to go. Um, but if you're in children's church and under, if you want your child to participate, it's a dollar twenty-five. And the same thing with the adults. If you want to participate, then bring a $5 gift per adult and a dollar gift per child. Um, so we do, we are still doing the um, enriched food pantry. Um, they are still needing donations uh, for the turkey on the table. Um, they're needing canned yams. Um, I don't, I don't really like yams, but if you guys know where to get yams, go for it, you know. Canned pumpkin, canned cranberry, evaporated milk, boxed potatoes, and chicken broth. And if you can bring any of those things, go ahead and bring them on Sunday and just, um, if you put them, um, I think there's a bucket over there. But just so it doesn't get confused with bringing the food for our um, Thanksgiving dinner. Um, and then uh, they will also be having um, two packing times that they will do on Monday. And that is going to be at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. And that's going to be um, at Midtown. So if you're interested in the food that you brought in, packing it up so that we can give it to some uh, needy families or you know, hungry families or hungry people. Uh, at 10 a.m. on Monday and at 5 p.m. on Monday, they will be doing the packing of those meals, okay? So that will be at Midtown, okay? And then we are still doing our Greater Hope Toy Drive. And um, so if you can find some toys, which there is a lot of great deals on toys right now on Amazon and Walmart. So um, I was able to get three toys for under $10, so get on, get on, on on Amazon, get on Walmart or go to Walmart, find some toys, bring them in. We want to fill that, that box up several times over. We don't want to just send them with a half of a box of toys. We want to keep filling that thing up over and over again, okay? So bring some toys. doesn't have to be super expensive toys. Again, I got three toys for t- under $10, so bring those toys in still. And um, I... Uh, forgot to ask my daughter to take care of this for me because I was up here. But um, if we, do we have any first timers in here or first time in a long time? Um, if you, if you're first time here or first time in a long time, if you could raise your hand and I will make sure that we get one of our, um, no, Ellie, you're not a first timer. <laughs> okay. I don't think that we do. So we're good. Oh, hand raised first time. Okay. Brylan will get you our little information card and we'll have a gift for you after this service. So 
Yeah, there was a little bit of a change up. I was supposed to do welcome team, and then I'm up here instead. So, all right. So, welcome uh, to High Desert Road Center. Uh oh, oh, oh no, oh, oh. There's a little bit of fighting going on back there. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> all right. So. With all that said, we are good to go, um, but we, I am going to actually do the tithes and offerings tonight. So what time is it? Time. Yes, it is. So if you can open up your Bibles to Proverbs 3, we're going to look at verse 9 and 10. I, I heard Pastor, or was that Dylan that screamed out? So yeah, we're going to open up our Bibles to Proverbs 3. Anybody excited about tithes and offerings? Okay. <laughs> and if you need an envelope... Um, these gentlemen over, well, this gentleman over here and that gentleman over here can get you one. You just raise your hand up in the air and they'll get you your envelope. So, again, Proverbs 3, 9. I guess I should have been there too, but that's okay. All right. So, Proverbs 3, 9 says, To honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce, then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. And... I'm going to make this very short and sweet, um, but when we when we talk about honoring him with our wealth, it doesn't mean um, bringing clothes in here. When we talk about honoring God with our wealth, it doesn't mean that we're, you know, bringing, um, you know, food in here and putting that in the tithing bucket, you know. When we talk about honoring God with our wealth, that's talking about bringing your income in here. And we know that tithes is 10% of our income, okay? And anything above 10% of our income is um, offering. It's a giving, okay? But we need to honor him with our wealth, okay? And that means it's our income, you know? I mean, that's the, there's no other way around it. That is um, what is considered our income or our wealth is our income. So we need to honor him with um, our income by tithing. The other part of that verse does say... Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Well, it, it says, the first part says, do this. And then it says, if you do this, then he will do this. Okay. So one of the things that we get to have when we do bring or when we do honor him with our wealth is he takes care of us. You know, he, 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 um, when we need something, he takes care of it. Right. And so he always makes sure that he blesses us and, and gives us more than enough. Right. And that's part of our, our tithing thing is we, we have more than enough to take care of the things that we need to take care of. And so honor him with your wealth by bringing in your income. OK, then he will take care of you. He will give you more than enough. He will give you abundance. OK, so with that being said, we are going to go ahead and do our financial faith confession. And I got my offering right here. I did pick it up. All right. So let's go ahead and stand up and let's do our financial faith confession and i get a little nervous up here so i am going to look at the screen so (laughs) it's a little nerve-wracking so all right so as we bring the lord's tithe and give offerings today we believe we receive jobs or better jobs promotions raises and bonuses benefits sales and commissions growth in business settlements estates and inheritances interest and income rebates and returns checks in the mail gifts and surprises Finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord. Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs, so that I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously into the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, you can come on up and put your ties not for you.
up and worship the Lord together. I don't think there's much room for that tonight unless you want to stand over here somewhere. So if you want, let's just uh, sing where we are and worship the Lord together. Our praise becomes your house, your place. Our praise becomes your house, your place. Our praise becomes your house, your place. Our praise becomes your house, your place, oh God. We sing a song and you come in, make a dance and you come in, shout your name and you come in, give you praise and you come in, sing a song and you come in, make a dance and you come in, shout your name and you come in, give you praise, cause you inhabit the praises of your
don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even has he done in your life anybody here a miracle done in your life just you being born again is a miracle the lord changed you from darkness to light when we receive jesus christ as our lord and savior that's an awesome miracle amen and i love it hallelujah you may be seated tonight thank you father thank you father thank you lord jesus Oh, <laughs> hi, Josh. Okay, he's talking to me from back here, and he's talking to me from up here. The children may be dismissed. There's uh, workers up in the, uh, there they are, by the entryway. Just go back there with them, and, and they will take you to your class. Amen. All right, well, I want to open up with prayer tonight, all right? Father, we just come before you tonight in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you, Father God, that we have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord. We just purpose in our hearts, Lord, that we're going to receive from your word tonight, Father, and it's going to change us from glory to glory 
And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, guess what? You're going to have to follow along. I hope you have your hard copy, your Bible with you tonight. <clears throat> Take notes. It's not going to be on the screen as far as I know, unless these guys are super good and can catch up with me. Um, tonight's sermon is called, Be Holy as I Am Holy. Be holy as I am holy, the Lord said. You know, God is a holy God. And he's just been showing me lately how, just how holy he is. I'm beginning to grasp this more and more. And I'm beginning to see that how much he hates sin. You know, he, he hates sin. He doesn't like to tolerate skin. He, sin. He deplores sin. But he's a, he's a holy, holy God. And so he tells us to be holy like he is holy. So therefore, we're not supposed to tolerate sin either. But so many times we as believers fall for stuff. And sometimes it's the little stuff. You know, he's a holy God. He hates sin, but he loves us. Amen. He loves us enough that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for us, to be raised from the dead. And if we receive him as our Lord and and Savior, you know, then he pays for a complete and total price for our sins. You know, he was sinless, but he's paying for our sins. Amen. He's a holy God. Revelations 4, 8 says that the angels cry day and night, holy, 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 holy. Why are they doing that? Because they're in the presence of a holy God. And it is so awesome that that's all that they can do. They can just, they just, they're just held captive by the holiness of God. And so that's what they do. They just cry, holy, holy, holy. But so many times we in our daily lives, we're just so busy running to and fro, you know, running the kids there, running the kids there, getting to work, doing this, doing that. And sometimes it's like, oh, yeah, God, you are there, aren't you, God? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're there, God. Hey, God, hey, God, hey, hi. <laughs> you know, we give them our... You know, how you doing, God, type thing. But we fail to realize he's so holy that we have to make time to be with him, to receive from that holiness, and to learn from him. Amen? In First Peter 1, uh, verses 16 through 15 through 16, he commands us to be holy. Let's look at that with our own eyes. First Peter, chapter 1. Amen. And you know what I, you know what? One of the sounds that I love is the turning of the pages of people's Bibles. And I thought to myself today, I thought, you know, I bet the Lord loves that too. I bet he loves that sound when he hears the pages flipping and people in his word. First Peter 1, 15 through 16. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. So he's commanding us to be holy. It isn't a choice. He's not, it's not a suggestion. Okay. He's saying, you be holy, just like I am holy. Again, it talks about it in Leviticus 27. Let's flip back there. Leviticus 27, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus 20, verse 7. He basically says the same thing. In verse 7, he says, Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am 
the Lord your God. Amen. I am the Lord your God. So what do you think of when you think of the word holy? What does holy mean to you? Somebody shout me an answer. What does holy mean to you? What? I can't hear you. What? Pure. Pure. Without sin. Consecrated. What? Clean. Yeah, clean. Good. Clean. Yeah. All of these words are are what we think as, as to be holy is to be clean. Amen. Look, look at Luke 16, 16. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke 16, 16. And that is the wrong reference. So forget that. <laughs> it's supposed to say faithful and little, faithful and much. Where is that, Pastor? He doesn't know today. Okay. Usually he knows. But the word of God tells us to be faithful in little. If we're faithful in little, then he's going to give us much. Okay? So we need to be learn to learn to be faithful in the little things, the small things. Because as I said, and even in responsibilities, like your children, you give them a little responsibility. Luke 16.10. Thank you. I typed it wrong. Let's Thank you, ma'am. Luke 16.10. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Okay, there it is. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. So think about that. If we're messing up, if we're unjust in a little, in a little matter, and I'm going to talk about some little matters in a minute here that some people fall into, and it is sin, but some people don't recognize it as sin because they think it's such a little thing. But it's not a little thing to the Lord, because if we're standing before a holy God, then some of these things that I'm going to mention aren't aren't just little things to him, okay? Because he cannot tolerate sin. Look at uh, Ephesians 4, verse 28. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Aha, uh, Ephesians 4, 28. This is something that that is spoken to us as believers. Let him who stole steal no longer, but let him labor working with his hands what is good, that he ha- may have something to give him who has need. Keeping in mind that this is written to the believers. So he's telling believers, he who stole steal no more. So do we have uh, believers that are stealing? Sure. And the Lord dealt with me a lot, I mean, years ago. Don't take more than one toothpick when you go to the restaurant. Okay? If you're grabbing a handful of toothpicks, guess what? You're stealing. Now, see, I told you, little and much, right? Didn't I just say that? Little and much. Sometimes I'll take two of pastors with me, one for me, one for him. I don't grab a bunch of toothpicks. Ketchup packets or Del Taco hot sauce. I've seen people load themselves down with Del Taco hot sauce and run out the door. Guess what? You're stealing. 
If you're not using what you yourself are going to use while you're sitting down at that meal and you're walking out the door with that stuff, now if they're, if they're dumping it on you, that's one thing. But if you're just purposely grabbing and taking them, throwing them in your pocket, your purse, whatever, you're stealing from that company. He said, Jesus said, let him who stole steal no more. Now, did he say how big the item was? Did he say, well, don't rob the bank, but it's okay if you take too many toothpicks. It's okay if you take too much ketchup. No, he didn't say that. He said stealing is stealing to him. Why? Because he is a holy God. Amen. How about napkins? You know, you parents, you know, it's easy to grab a bunch of napkins because you've got kids that, man, are they messy. But you're walking out the door with this many napkins. You don't need to walk out the door with that many napkins. Okay, you use what you need at the time that you're dining in that room. Now, if they're, if they're throwing a bunch of napkins at you, that's another thing. You know, you understand what I'm trying to get at. We used to, uh, pastor used to work for a preacher years ago. And uh, he used to go to buffets and he would steal the apples. He, I mean, you know, you go to a buffet and you're supposed to eat what you eat at the buffet. You're not supposed to take the buffet home with you. But he would, he would stuff apples in his pocket. And he would walk out the door with his with these apples. And I told Pastor, I said, he's stealing. This guy is stealing. You know what happened to that? And he used to lie all the time, too. I remember one time, Pastor went to a natural relig- national religious broadcaster's convention with because he was a television preacher with him in uh, Washington, D.C. And uh, he went to the, this guy I'm talking about, he will, who will remain blameless, nameless. Uh, he's not blameless, but nameless. Um, he would go to a hotel and he said, well, the, the, the hotel up the street told me they'd give it to me for X amount of dollars. And pastor said, that was a lie. He was telling a lie. So the guy lied and he stole. He was a preacher. Guess what? He died at the age of 50. <laughs> I mean, I'm, that's not funny. But what I'm saying is, you know, you cannot, especially if you're, you know, pastors and, and preachers are called to a higher accountability. And so... You know, it was really rough on this guy. He got, you know, he just got, come on, you're coming home, you know. <laughs> so let him who stole steal no more. So not only are believers going around stealing, is that being holy if you're stealing? No, it is not. It is not being holy. Okay, look at Colossians 3. And also, also Christians have problems with this as well. Colossians 3 verse 9 says this. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. A holy God. And people are lying. You know, people lie to me. People in the church have lied to me, but I always know when they're lying. You know how I know? Because it bounces off of my spirit and bounces right back at them. Isn't that interesting? So I always know when somebody's lying to me. So, But I usually don't say, you're lying. I usually, I just kind of know within my own self, you know. I said, man, you're not here lying to me. But believers will lie one to another. A lot of times... Believers will lie to one another. Well, they'll, they'll lie about somebody because they're throwing them under the bus. When really it was whatever happened was their fault. But they don't want to fess up and say, hey, I did this. 
So they'll throw sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so under the bus, and they lie about it. You know, you need to fess up for what you do wrong, right? How can you, how can you correct what you're doing wrong or living the wrong way if you don't fess up to the fact that you're living the wrong way? You understand what I'm saying? All this is sin. You say, Mrs. Pastor, that's just nothing. That's just nothing. No, it is something. Because keeping in mind, we serve a holy, blameless God. Holy, blameless God. Amen. Here's another one. Look at Proverbs 1611. Proverbs is back here. You know, I want to say this. You know, Pastor Dave's been teaching a lot about the end times. The rapture could happen at any minute. Man, I want to be blameless before God when the rapture comes. I don't want to be around here for all this mess. You know, so I've been thinking a lot about that lately, and I've been jerking a knot in my own chain. You know, I'm thinking, you straighten up. You know, sometimes... We can be sinning in our attitudes. Sometimes we've got stinking thinking. Sometimes we've got bad attitudes. And we don't need to have bad attitudes. We need to be holy as he is holy. So look at this one, uh, 1611. Honest weights and scales are the Lord's. So this means that you can't change. Um, let's say, for instance, you're selling strawberries. And um, you're, you've packed with little strawberry containers, you know, but you've cheated on some of them. You haven't you haven't packed packed them to the full. You know, when I grew up, um, I was talking about this in the women's meeting the other night because Ruth gathered a half a bushel of barley, but nobody nowadays knows what the heck a bushel is. A bushel is a round thing about like this, and it's about tall like that. That's a bushel. Used to be able, you could buy apples by the bushel, but nobody does that anymore. The weights and stuff have changed. But you don't be the one that changes, you business people especially, you don't change the, the, the weights or the, or the measurements of what you're selling for. Say you're selling strawberries for, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I said 50 cents. Used to be able to buy them for 50 cents a pint, you can't do that anymore. But what if they took some out? That would be cheating. And, and messing up with the weights and measures. I got a secret for you. When I was a kid, part of the time my dad was in the army, but when he got out of the army, he bought a farm up in Maine, 300 acre farm, and it was a chicken farm. You know those large eggs that they're selling you that are about that big? Those aren't large eggs, they're medium. Large eggs are like that. Jumbos are like that. And every time I open up my egg carton, I look at those things and I think, man, you got, you know, I, I think of it every time, you know, and I make his breakfast every day, make him an egg, and I look at that medium-sized egg when it says it's a large on the carton. Somebody's lying somewhere. Because my dad had 22,000 chickens, and I know what an egg looks like. <laughs> right? Because we used to have to collect some of those and clean them and put them in the things. <laughs> That's when I was a kid. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to be honest in our business dealings. Okay? Cheaters. Schoolwork used to irritate me when I went to school, and the kids next to me would try to look at my paper, and I'd cover it. I hate cheating. Uh, on tests, cheating on tests, cheating in games. 
cell phone cheaters. I remember uh, during the summer, I did a uh, mother's son uh, banquet. What was it? Pancake deal breakfast or something. Anyway, it was super good. And uh, I had this game that we played. And the Christians, the Christians were getting out their cell phones and looking up the answers. Irritated the tar out of me. I thought, you are cheating. Either you know the answer or you don't know the answer. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it has become so commonplace in our society, I don't know this, so I'll just Google it, that it's filtered over into to cheating. We serve a holy God. And so at that event, I thought to myself, you know, the person who really needed to win this event because they really knew some of the stuff that was on there was cheated out of the prize that they could have won because others cheated. And they got more answers, yeah. But they cheated to get the answers. Do you think God was pleased with that? No. Faithful in little, faithful in much. You know, I used to think, you know, if I... I had to really study hard for the grades that I got in school. And I remember when I was uh, uh, in high school, I was in geometry class, and a bunch of the smart kids were cheating in geometry. And boy, I didn't like that. And, you know, they got, they got into the National Honor Society. And I thought to myself, they cheated. And they got in the National Honor Society? I'm sorry, but I don't like cheating. Either you get something, do the best you can, and get it the way you can. And so what if you don't come in first place? You can be, you can be joyful and thankful that what you did do, the work that you did do, the game that you did play, that you won it honestly, that you, that that grade, whatever it is, you earned it and it's yours. Do you understand that? You can be, proud of that. Hopefully you're not just not doing anything and flunking. You know, that's not good either because you need to be faithful in little, faithful in much. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? We need to examine ourselves. What are we doing? Walking around saying we're believers and we're not living holy lives. If we're cheating, if we're lying, if we're stealing, that's not holy as far as God's concerned because he is a holy God, and he hates sin. So we've got to walk holy before him. And hopefully today this will help us. Um, you know, th- uh, these seem like little things to you. When we think of sin, we think of sexual sins, murder, and all this stuff. But we cannot overlook what we categorize as little sins. You're not a special case to get away with stuff like this. You know, you can't say to yourself, you know, I was thinking the other day about, you know, Pastor Dave's been talking about this a lot lately, and I talked about it at the women's meeting the other night, that, you know, you can't be having sex with somebody outside of marriage and say, oh, Lord, don't let the rapture come tonight. Let me get this over with first, and then you can come. Oh, that's not, that's not going to fly. That's not going to fly. You need to get clean, get clean now, and stay clean. I mean, is it worth mi- missing the rapture? You know, Pastor Dave's been teaching about the tribulation and all that stuff. Man, I want to go out in the first bus. And so I'm really examining myself. I'm getting my attitudes right. You know, and I'm thinking, man, you know, I got to straighten up, kid. Talking to myself, too. Amen. Okay, now I want to show you something. I want to talk about Moses a minute. 
Look at Numbers 20. Numbers 20. I'm going to tell you an account about Moses, which used to really bother me, and I didn't understand it. I understand it now. Okay. We're in Numbers 20. We're going to start at verse 8, and we're going to go down to verse 12. The Lord's talking to Moses, and the Lord says, Take the rod, you and your brother Aaron, gather the congregation together, speak to the rock before their eyes and it will yield its water. Thus you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from the Lord as he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels. I'm in the New King James, by the way. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with his rod. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation and their animals drank. Then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe me to hollow me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land which I have given them. I didn't understand that for years because I thought, you know, Moses, he had a congregation of millions of people. He put up with their stupid stuff. You know, they went through the wilderness for 40, 40 years and all this junk. And Moses did not go into the promised land. Now, Moses was held more accountable, yes, because more than a regular, regular person because, because you're held to a higher accountability if you're in the position of ministerial stuff in which he was. So, you know what, do you know, do you understand what he did wrong? God told him, you speak to the rock. Moses did not speak to the rock. He hit the rock. So Moses disobeyed what God told him to do. And you're thinking, well, what a simple thing, you know. What's with that God? But Moses knew how to obey God. But he didn't obey him this time. And, and it cost him. He was not able to go into the promised land. Wow. And he had dealt with these people forever. You know, that used to really bother me. But then I thought, wow, Moses didn't obey him. So what little thing? I mean, that seems like a little thing. The result was the same. The water did come out of the rock. But, and if you read back before, this is when another time the Lord told him to hit the rock. But this time he said, speak to the rock. So the Lord is not going to tell you things exactly the same way. You know, he's the creator. He can tell you to do the same thing five different ways. You've got to listen with your heart to what the Lord is telling you to do. And you've got to be obedient. Now, if you're a new believer and you're new at this stuff, sometimes it takes a while. Was that God? Was that me? Was that Satan? You know, it takes a while to learn, you know, sometimes to learn the voice of the Lord. And the Lord understands that. But Moses well knew the voice of the Lord. So do you see what happened here? That is so sad to me. And I correlate this to people not going in the rapture. I think, wow, wow, we've got to, we've got to straighten up. We can't go walking through 
this life at this season of time and think that we're going to get away with stuff because we aren't. Do you understand what I'm saying? If we're going to be, if we're going to be children of the most high God, if we're going to be Christians, if we're going to be believers, then we need to act like it. We need to let God have our heart all the way and we need to do exactly what he tells us to do. Amen. Now I want to tell you about another account. This is about Achan's tent. Now you think Achan's tent. Okay. So in Joshua, well, we're going to go to Joshua seven. And we're going to read in uh, Joshua 7 in a minute. But in, uh, uh, let me see here. What do I want? How much of this do I want to read? Okay. So what was going on? Um, okay, Joshua 6, chapter 6, we're not going to read that, is the account of the walls of Jericho falling down. You remember that? Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, la, la, la. And the walls came tumbling down. Okay, that's what Joshua 6 is about. Very, very successful battle, and they got they won Jericho. Well, you start into seven, and all of a sudden, the, the Israeli armies are losing the battles, and, and uh, you know Joshua doesn't understand what's going on. Why are Why are we losing? What's happening, Lord? And he's weeping before the Lord. So listen to this: seven, chapter seven. We're going to start in verse ten, and we're going to lead, read down to fifteen. So here, here, uh, Joshua's bawling and squalling. So the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken some of the accursed things and, and have both stolen and deceived. What happened was, um, you know, sometimes when they had battles, and I love reading the Old Testament. If you're a military person, you ought to read the Old Testament because it's amazing how the Lord taught, told these military people what to do. Sometimes the Lord will say, okay, like with King David, for instance, he would say, okay, King David, you go in and you take this land and you can keep all the cattle and all the sheep and all the gold and all the la, 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 you keep it for yourself. And then the next time the Lord wouldn't say that. He'd say, leave everything there. Don't touch it. And so what happened was the people were told not to touch anything. But this guy here, he's... This guy here is going to come down to one guy. This guy here has stolen and deceived the the accursed things. In other words, the things that were were conquered in the battle, or whichever battle it was at the time, and they weren't supposed to take the stuff, but one guy did. But it affected the entire nation so that the entire nation wasn't winning wars. And, you know, sometimes I think about America, our beautiful America. I love America. I love the United States of America. But I think about what God who hates sin, abortion, I think about that. And I think about things that happen in the United States, and I think, you know, wars maybe, and I think, you know, God's not happy. God's not happy with the butchering of babies. You understand that? If you don't understand that, you better understand it. That is murder murder, and he doesn't like that. He doesn't like a whole lot of other things that are going on in this nation right now. And so I think, well, God, have mercy on America. 
have mercy on us, Lord, but how long is he going to have mercy on America? I don't know. I'm back here again. For they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived, and they have also put it among their own stuff. In other words, they've stolen stuff and they've put it in their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies. In other words, they turned tail and ran because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you. He said, get up and sanctify the people. Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow, because thus says the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel, and you cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall bring, you shall be brought forth according to your tribes. Remember, there's 12 tribes of Israel. And it shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes shall come according to families, and the family which the Lord takes shall come by households, and the household which the Lord takes shall come man by man. Then it shall be that he who is taken with the accursed thing shall be burned with fire, he and all that he has, because he has transgressed, sinned, the covenant of the Lord, and because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. Whoa. I think that's pretty amazing, don't you? One guy has affected the whole nation of Israel. Wow. We serve a holy God, and this guy was not faithful. He didn't obey. And and even Joshua didn't know what's going on, Lord. Okay, now look at verses 18. We're going to go from 18 to 26. Then he brought his household man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, all these people there, Verse 19, now Joshua said to Achan, my son, I beg you, give glory to the Lord God of Israel and make confession, fess up to him and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua and said, indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them. Ooh, he coveted them. And took them. So he coveted them and he stole them. And there they are, hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent with the silver under it. He's got them in his tent, buried in the middle of his tent. All this stuff. Wow. So Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent. And there it was, hidden in his tent with the silver under it. And they took them from the midst of the tent, brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son, you know, all these sons and stuff, the silver, the garment, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had. Do you get the part about the children? Do you understand that what you do in life as parents affects your children? Simple thing here. You come to church, your children come to church. You don't come to church, your children don't come to church. You backslide, your kids backslide, they end up going to hell, it's your fault. And they brought them to the Valley of Achor. And Joshua said, why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day, he says to Achan. So all Israel stoned him with stones. 
They still kind of do that over in that other land, don't they? Usually they're stoning women. And they burned them with fire after they had stoned them with the stones. Then they raised over him a great heap of stones, still there to this day. So the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achor, which means the Valley of Trouble to this day. Faithful and little, faithful and much. Faithful and little and faithful and much, we serve a holy God. He can't tolerate sin. He loves us. He paid the price for us, right? Paid the price for us, but he's not happy with this little sinning bit that's going on. I'm not going to go here because it's getting getting late. Proverbs 15.3 says this, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. That's a, that's a, whoa, what a thought is that? But listen to me. We're going to look at this. First John 1, 9. Well, I'll, I'll get there. Okay, First John 1, 9 says this. If, see the big if? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. But see, the thing, the thing is, if you sin, man, you go to the Lord right away. Don't run away from him. Go to him and say, Lord, I just, I just blotched. I just messed up. I just messed up. Please forgive me. And he will. But this is, this is your, you can take this to the bank thing. This thing here is going to save your hind end from missing the rapture at this point. That's what I'm concerned about. If you're, if you're, if you're sensitive to the Lord, if you're trying to live a holy life, you, you, you blotch up, you, you, you make a mistake, you sin, you, you know, you stumble. Go immediately to the Lord. Get right with Him. You understand? If you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So that's the good news. Okay? So the challenge today is, be holy as I am holy. He said it. I didn't. I'm just reading the Bible. Be holy as I am holy. If you if you mess up, go to him and ask forgiveness. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, Pastor. He's gonna we're gonna have communion this evening, and Pastor's gonna do it. Hallelujah. Good job. Here's a little marker. Mom. Well, you're welcome. I'll take care of you. Hallelujah. Well, this, well, this, this is, this is wrapped it up, but we're going to take communion now. And I want to give you just a little bit of instruction <clears throat> and help. And this is so critical after what you just taught with the way the Lord's lead me to help you. Uh, open to first Peter chapter two, verse 24. We'll put some word in you. How does faith come? Amen. You just heard some good word there. You're getting ready to hear some more to, uh, now this this icing on the cake.
to help you be blessed. How many like to be blessed? How many like to be healed? I, I love healing. I tell you, that is so good. But, uh, you know, if you still got your notebooks out, write this down. Something the Lord said to me a long time ago, and it, I was thinking of it as she, was, as she was preaching. Sin is a blessing blocker. Sin is a blessing blocker. At 1 Peter 2.24 is really, really critical for you for taking communion tonight. Because if you've had trouble receiving your healing, having trouble uh, getting prayers answered, 1 Peter 2.24 absolutely tells everything you need to know right here. 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. Jesus took care of your sins already. He took them in his body on the cross. He took your sins. We're getting ready to uh, receive communion, which, which we talk about that. You know, said, take ye this my body, which is broken for you, my blood shed for you. But look at this now. Here's what I want you to see. And if this isn't real to you yet, you need to read this verse every day, several times a day. Read it out loud to this resonates in your heart, in your thinking. Who his own self bear, I, I read it this way, my sins, his own body on the tree, that we always say, I be dead to sins. Your spirit, you've got a soul, and you live in a body. Your spirit has the spirit of God in it. It's a brand new creature. Your spirit never, ever, 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 ever wants to sin or be a part of sin. Your spirit hates sin. Your spirit is dead to sin. But look at this. Your dead to sins should live under righteousness. Now right here is the best definition of holiness I know in the whole Bible for me. Jesus made it real to me years ago. Your spirit's dead to sin. So he said you should live right. And when you live right, that's called holiness. Righteousness, being right with God is real. It's in your heart. But it has turned into action. And so every time you refuse to lie, well, that's like the best way out, and you choose, I'm going to tell the truth, you just made a holy decision. Every time you've got a chance to cheat somebody or do something wrong, and you say, no, I'm not going to do that, you've chose to should live unto righteousness, you made a holy decision. And every time you're tempted to do whatever it was you used to do, Christians have to be so cautious because you let your guard down. And you let your guard down. And I like to say it this way. If there were things when I was a baby Christian was wrong then, well, it's still wrong now. That's how you judge yourself. And so righteousness is what Christians are in their heart. Holiness is when they live what's in their heart. You got that. Now look at this next part, how, how the Lord ties uh, right living with healing. Said you should live under righteousness. And he said, Oh, by the way, by whose stripes you were healed. So he said, He took your sins, so live right so you can receive your healing. You don't earn it. Jesus already did it for us, but sin can block it. Does this help anybody? <clears throat> and I want to say this. I'm going to look at First uh, Corinthians chapter 11 as we receive communion in just a minute. But uh, Jesus looks at three things in a believer's life. He looks at your heart, number one. 
He listens to your words and then he watches for your actions. And so, so many times Christians have totally good hearts. They want to do right. And they go to a church like this, we teach your mouth all the time, talking right to a good confession. But then, for things to happen, it's not only having a good heart and a right mouth, but then acting right and living right. And every time you say no to sin and yes to right, then you're not getting points with God, but holiness is working in your life that much more. It's easier to get healing. It's easier to get prayers answered. It's easier to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. Amen. Does this help anybody to see this for communion? Okay, I'm going to look at 1 Corinthians 11, and then we'll come up and receive the elements after we look at this, but it's so so important. Verse 28, after the verse you just saw, verse 28 says, But let a man or a woman examine himself, and so, or then, then let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. He wants you to have a right heart. And Mrs. Pastor showed you First John 1, 9. And so even if you've had wrong actions, he said he's faithful and just. If you confess it, he'll forgive it. And then you're getting yourself in position for, for communion. He says, for he that eateth and drinketh, verse 29, unworthily in an unworthy manner, eateth and drinketh judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. You've got to know he really hung on a cross and took your sins. You've got to know by his stripes you really were healed. And so he wants you to judge yourself to receive his best. He's not holding back up from you. He's not trying to stop things. He's telling you, here's how you do it. Live right, and by his stripes you were healed. You receive everything he's got. And then he says in verse 30, For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many are asleep, die before their time. If we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. And so let's stand up, and I'm going to give you a chance to pray that you come up and get the elements. But he said that we need to judge ourselves and then receive communion. And then the blockages are down, and Christians just really need to believe the Bible. You might have been rotten this week. You might have really, really had a bad month, a bad two or three months. I know... A lot of new Christians sometimes, all of a sudden, they start cussing again. Well, where'd that come from? Or whatever else, they, they do things again. They get mad and blow up at people. Where'd that come from? Well, he said he's faithful and just. If you confess it, he cleanses. And so that gets washed off of you. It's not a feeling. It's a Bible fact. God said you do it, and he'll clean. And so then... If you've got things in your life right now, we're going to bow our heads and just everybody just do their own praying. And if there's things there, just say, Jesus, I'm so sorry. I feel like such a jerk. I can't believe I did that again. And if you're able to pick up on the Holy Spirit, he said, that's why I died for you. That's why I shed my blood for you. That's why I gave you a mouth and a heart. You're telling me about it. Just ask my forgiveness. I'll clean you. And then receive communion and I'll heal you. Amen. Does that help anybody? This is real. Well, just bow your heads and just do your own talk with him. And don't wait on a feeling. Just know he's already told you he will clean you.
you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, as you're done praying, you can come on up and get the elements, and then we'll partake together. But I can tell you, based upon our trust in God, He said He's faithful to forgive. And I can't overemphasize. Don't wait on a feeling. Just believe He told you the truth. If you said you confessed it from your heart, He said He forgave you and He cleaned you. sin is a blessing blocker but the blood of Jesus is the eraser when you with a clean heart deal with those things and follow through with the actions doing your best to live right Jesus is much greater than the lies of the devil than the attacks of the devil Jesus gave his life so we could be free and live for him Everybody passed the test to get the little cup open. I still see fingers moving. I still see some fingers working at it, so when you see the fingers quit moving, we'll go together. Amen. I just think about how the Lord always gives us some natural things help us understand spiritual things I'm just thinking about communion so much he said this represents my body was broken for you and every time I receive communion I close my eyes I try to picture Jesus hanging on the cross and he did that for me he said it was for me and then his blood which was shed for me to wash my sins away that's what faith is and God just taking him at his word. If he says it, that's the way it is. Then we do that, we receive the blessing. But it says right here in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Jesus, thank you for how real you are. Had that 2,000 years ago when you walked the earth. You lived that sinless life for 33 years. And you took our sins. You took the curse. You took all the judgment, the punishment, the penalty for sin in your own body so we could be new creatures in Christ. Lord, we're never going to forget that. We're always going to remember that this represents what you did for us. Thank you, Jesus. After the same manner also he took the cup, we had supped saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now I want to say this before we drink it. If you're watching out there online or you're here 
and you talked to Jesus a few minutes ago about something, things in your life that you know that you had to get rid of, then he said he forgave you. So he said, you remember that when you take this, that the devil tries to hound you when you leave here tomorrow and tells you how rotten you are. Say, Jesus, forgive me. He cleansed me. My heart's right with him. I'm going to keep my mouth right. And I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do to live right. But if something happens, I miss it again. I'm going to ask him again. And he said, he'll forgive you. But you don't con him. You mean it's no con job work. Amen. So Jesus, thank you that your blood was shed for us. Thank you, you said, when we confessed it, you cleansed us, you forgave it. Thank you, Lord, that we're washed in your blood. We are clean. We are righteous on the inside, and we purpose to live right on the outside, Lord, to live holy, because you're holy. myself I learned years ago that if I'd been having problems and I got under the anointing like here I would lay down pride I'd get up there and say I need that and so if you if you after all the good things you've heard tonight if you're still having problems get up here we'll pray for you and let the power of the Holy Ghost come down on you and help set you free amen amen
righteousness. men, strong men, strong men. You know, you guys got the macho going on, so you got to confess you're strong. Okay, so you need to go over to Victory, get the tables over there, and bring them over here, and help you set up chairs, right? Just bring the tables over. Okay, that's all he asks, so please do that with him after the service. Okay, your turn. Amen, amen, amen. Was on. I'm on now. Barstow is blessed. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. 